welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, and the rest of you who have been trying so hard to get me in the Whamathon. Uh, there's this thing, it's the Whamathon. You have to try and not hear Wham's last Christmas all through the month of December. I am. It's December 6th as I'm recording this. I have not heard it yet. Parodies and covers don't count. It's just the original. People have been sending it to me. They have been trying and I, I, I reign supreme, is what There's I do. There's a lot of December left. There is, but I'll make it. Uh, it is Eat, Sleep, Podcast, Repeat here on December 6, 2019. And this is episode 127. It is Sean here hanging out with you. Dave is still in Australia chasing kangaroos and eating wallabies and dingo ate my baby and gibbity gibbs and the whole nine yards. Uh, I am Sean, and I am joined by Janice. Hello. Who we got to come up with a clever name like a character name for you i know dave keeps calling me hr i'm like woo that's, that's exciting yeah, that's that's so a great boring. one <laughs> that's, we got to come up with something way better than that i don't know what we're, we'll think on it if you have any ideas send them to espr <laughs> at fm99.com um in any event it is uh, fm99 and the fox's first and only wrestling podcast uh you can find us lots of different ways uh the easiest way on fm99.com and 106.9 thefox.com right there under the media tab it says espr go ahead and click it links you to our most recent episode if you don't want to do that, you can go on your major podcasting apps, search ESPR Wrestling, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and a review. We will greatly appreciate it. And please keep in touch with us, facebook.com slash ESPR99, on the Twitter at ESPR99, and ESPR at FM99.com. Like I said, send us an email. Let us know what you think Janice's character name should be, what her moniker should be. Help us come up with her gimmick. <laughs> she needs a gimmick. I need a gimmick. She does. Unless it's going to be, he could be like Boring Lance Storm and be like, no, no gimmick needed. No, as long as Vince McMahon's not coming up with my gimmick, I'm good. <laughs> that would be the worst gimmick that ever. That would be the worst. <laughs> oh god, it would be it would be some terrible, terrible stereotypical gimmick. You would be yes. an, you would be HR. That's what you would be. I you would, would be, be HR, and that would be terrible. Dave, you're coming up with Vince McMahon level gimmicks here. Step up your game, Dave. Come on. Okay, yeah, that's really bad. It's super bad. In any event, uh, no relation to the movie, it is ETC Podcast Read, episode 127. Uh, last week, if you haven't checked it out yet, go check it out. I gave you a rundown of was a lot to do by myself, but take over, take over <laughs> War Games and uh, Survivor Series. Went through both of them. Wow. Uh, I gave you my thoughts on them. I actually enjoyed both shows, but for uh, more detailed thoughts, go check them out in episode 126. But if you're staying here in episode 127, uh, we're going to dive right into some stuff now. We got uh, some news generally we're going to talk about this week uh, from the world of wrestling. Uh, we'll talk about some of the happenings from the week to week. Like, for instance, uh, AEW and NXT, those two brands have been going back and forth for 10 weeks now or something like that. It already Sounds right. It doesn't feel like it's been that long. Uh, no, it doesn't. But it has. I, I, I When somebody said 10 weeks, I went, really? They're 10 weeks? I thought it had been like maybe a month and a half or something like that. But no, it's been about 10 weeks. And uh, after uh, last week, when, um, I'm sorry, to the last two weeks, NXT actually beat AEW in the ratings. Uh, AEW bounces back, gets better ratings, and does better than NXT this week. I still don't think you can really measure this yet as far as any kind of... No, but it's good It's good for wrestling because yes. they both step up their game, and then we get to enjoy that. 100%, I agree with you. Um, it's it's We've said it before a million times. Uh, over the last 10 weeks, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan because there are lots of options out there for you. Um, you can watch... Uh, there's AEW, there's NXT... NXT in and of itself feels like its own, like, not competition, but alternative to WWE's regular product because it is very different from what they do on a regular basis. Oh, for sure. Um, which I enjoy about it. I think, for my money, NXT is the best weekly produced wrestling product. Um, but you have Raw and SmackDown, which Raw actually was was 
was fairly good this week. It wasn't bad. It, 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 it's really bad because sometimes I'm having this weird problem now where it's like I'm grading on a curve. It's like, <laughs> because they've been so bad, it just didn't suck. So was it actually good or did it just not suck? Like I, So you're cutting uh, them some slack because yeah. they sucked. I, that's kind of where it's at, actually, yes. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure I like that. <laughs> I'm not sure I like that either, but that's, that's kind of where it is. Um, in any event, we, uh, they, the, you know, NXT had the wins for a little bit. And again, they're both hovering just under a million viewers at the moment. Eh. I mean, again, it's going to take time for AEW especially to establish a new fan base. NXT as well, even though it's a WWE product, it's on a Wednesday night. It's people they've never heard of, generally speaking. And it's going to take time for that to be developed as a brand people follow. I really do feel like you give them enough time. And I think another night besides Wednesday would be best for both of them. Right. But that being said, I think they both of these brands could pull one to one and a half million viewers on a regular basis once they've developed their, their core audience. Right. So, um, and I'm a big fan of both. By the way, just uh, out of curiosity, have you heard of what Chris Jericho is doing over in AEW? I know you haven't watched AEW. No, I but have he not. Is, he's currently the champion there. He was their first champion, which I get it. It brings ratings. It brings, you know, it gets yeah. him, it gets him in interviews and stuff and gets their attention out there because he's a known name. Plus, I mean, you remember Fozzie touring around anywhere he goes with Fozzie. This is a thing. Right. So I do understand it to a degree. He is also doing some of the best work he's done in years because he's, in the ring or on oh, the mic. He, his both his matches, while not as exciting as they once were, like he's not doing uh, he's doing less, but he's doing it better. If that makes any more sense, he's telling stories as opposed to just trying to wow you. Okay. Um, which he's never been in a crazy high flyer. He's always been good at telling stories, but he's he's found a very methodical way to do it now, so that it's a more methodical, slow pace. Uh, I like I'd liken it to uh, not the same style, but just in a way that I can watch a Triple H match, and he's not going to do a lot, right? But he's telling a story, and he does it very well. Um, in a similar vein, Chris Jericho has found a way to tell a story and tell it very well in his matches. So. I can enjoy watching that. So you're saying it's an improvement from when he was last in WWE. You mean the Kevin Owens nonsense? Oh, it's a huge, okay. huge improvement. Then my, I might have to take a look at that then. Um, it is a huge improvement over that. It is. It's one of those things that I don't know. He he's doing good work. His mic work is fantastic because he's allowed. Because one of the things AEW does that they they don't allow um, in WWE is he's allowed to just cut a promo. It's hey, you need right. to hit these points, but. Go, 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 go cut a promo. And they do that for everybody. Moxley's talked about that in a couple of interviews. He said, like, he did this thing uh, he was doing backstage, some kind of backstage interview thing, and they did it. And then he was like, you know, as long as we're here, he had a couple of ideas. He goes, let's just knock a few of these things out that I, he's had these ideas for. And he was like, took us half an hour to knock out, like, five segments, six segments, wow. you know, that we could use in the future. Oh, that's cool. And I was like, and that's cool because these guys feel the freedom to do that sort of stuff. And he was like, yeah, not everyone is going to be a home run. But he goes, but I'll tell you what, you're going to have more home runs in that when people feel genuine about what they're doing than when they're being scripted all the way through by somebody who doesn't understand them and doesn't understand their character. Right. Um, so Jericho doing good stuff. He refers to himself as Le Champion. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> because after he won it, he was in a hot tub drinking uh, uh, champagne. And so he... <laughs> And it became a thing. He was drinking a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> and um, he, that became a thing. So now they sell a little bit of the bubbly champagne. Oh, that's hysterical. And he sold, I don't remember how many, like 7,000 of them or something. Like, like he sold a bunch of them, which was pretty funny. And uh, <laughs> Are we wearing scarves again? Um, French scarves? 
Not so much. No. No, no. He, he does have a shirt that says a little bit of the bubbly on it, which is funny. <laughs> um, and Les Champion. <laughs> and uh, he, uh, so, I mean, that's that's been a lot of fun to watch. He's been able to, and he also brought up a list the other day on oh, AEW. No. And everybody lost their minds. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, what is this, 2009 or six or whatever he said? He was like, hey, grow up. He was like, that's dead. He goes, this is the lexicon now. <laughs> He's like, so he, he named it a new thing and started reading off people he wouldn't wrestle. Ah. Just a list of people he's not going to wrestle. The Young Bucks, the Old Bucks, Papa Buck, Uncle Buck. Just, <laughs> Uncle Buck. <laughs> it, was re- it was reminiscent of his 1001 holds that he read way back in WCW. Oh, that's pretty um, cool. When he was comparing himself to Dean Malenko. So, again, entertaining stuff there if you want to watch it. AEW, Strong Program Weekly if you want to check it out. NXT, same deal. Strong Program Weekly. They do really good, good jobs with storytelling. They got a lot of balls in the air at the moment with Adam Cole uh, next, I think next week they got a triple threat between um, Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee. You watched Survivor Series, huh? Yes, right? I okay. did. Did you see Keith Lee? Yes. How impressive dude. is that dude? Yes, very. Love him. Love him. He's so he's agile, he's fast, and he's charismatic for a big dude. You know? Yeah. Well, and, he was in the NFL, right? Is that uh, briefly? I believe he was in the NFL. I don't yeah. think he was. I don't think he was there for too long, but I, I can't claim to know that for a fact. But he he was in the NFL for a little bit. Um, but then he became a wrestler, and he's taken to it like a fish to water, and wow. he's he's very impressive to watch. And I thought he looked great in their match uh, on at Survivor Series. He, I was shocked. I I honestly did not think even of the NXT crowd. I didn't think he was going to be the one to finish up the match for them. No, I thought it was going to be Tomasa Ciampa without a, without a doubt. Right. So I was um, surprised. But the, no, he did well. He did very well. He yeah. did very well. And he wasn't slow. I always cringe when like bigger guys get in it because I'm like, dude, I want to see you move. You're anticipating him slowly plodding around. Kind of. And I don't mean this as a knock because uh, I've seen very entertaining things with him in it. But like Kane. Kane yeah. is slow. Kane is, we'll say, deliberate in his movements. That's very nice of you. It is very nice <laughs> of me. And, uh, but Keith Lee, that dude can move. Yeah. His no. middle rope moonsault is impressive as hell. Yes. That, that was very impressive. But he's also crazy strong. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's got both of them working for him. This dude, to me, if you had any doubt who Vince McMahon was high on before that weekend, right? that weekend showed you who he thinks there's a future for. Adam Cole looked amazing in his title match at Survivor Series. Uh, he had a great match with Pete Dunne, who mm-hmm. those two got to show what NXT wrestlers can do. Right. Um, Rhea Ripley got the win at TakeOver War Games and the win. At, and I know you didn't like the finish, but I mean, again, No, I hated it. But just the idea that she got both those big wins in the same weekend. Uh, oh, you can definitely tell volumes about her. the big pushes on her. Yeah, and then um, Keith Lee in the men's match, that dude, sh- I mean, absolutely stole the show. I mean, I did not expect him to get a clean pin over Seth Rollins. No, no, for and sure. So, and then he, for a half a second, I thought he might beat Roman Reigns. For a half a second. <laughs> and then he didn't, which is fine. I was cool with Roman winning. It wasn't like yeah. it was completely ridiculous. Um, but it, 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 I enjoyed the show overall, and, and the way the NXT guys were handled through a good portion of that was part of it. But again, I got sidetracked. NXT <laughs> next week, Keith Lee, uh, Tomasa Ciampa, and Finn Balor in a triple threat to determine who's going to oh, no challenge way. for uh, the NXT championship at their next TakeOver event in February. That'll be a really good match. I, yes, I will look forward to that. I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, so, again, that was some good stuff there. Uh, I get Raw did have some cool stuff. One of the things I particularly like from Raw was Samoa Joe. He's been added to the announce team because Joe Madden apparently wants to still be a wrestler. Oh, holy cow. Well, he was training originally, and he was brought up onto 205 to help with commentary on that because they needed people. Right. And then he got this shot on Raw 
Now, we're hearing conflicting reports. There's conflicting reports that Vince and Kevin Dunn didn't like his commentary. I don't know, it was a couple of weeks. I feel like they'd let him suck a, lot, a little longer than that. Yeah, no, <laughs> they why? Let, they let Cole suck for a long time before he actually became a good commentator. And he, I'm going to say this now. People hate on him all the time. When Michael Cole is able to genuinely call a wrestling match, he does a good job. When he gets too hung up in the the, the, the goofiness and the, and, the, and the making jokes, and the yeah, that's when I have a problem with Michael Cole. But just telling a match, just covering a match, he's actually very good. Yeah, I don't have a problem with Michael Cole. I mean, maybe it's just because I'm used to listening to him. I don't know. <laughs> Well, you listen to all of us all the time. So, yeah, yeah how bad could he be? <laughs> how, how bad could he be? Exactly. Um, so he, uh, I, I, again, I don't know. Samoa Joe was really good, though. I felt like he fit in really well at the desk. He didn't talk over a bunch of people. He made good points. And he really helped bring a logical sense of storytelling to some of the commentary. Because whereas King seems to be playing the heel again, mm-hmm. which actually I'm okay with heel King uh, oh, yeah. again. Sure. It's nice to hear heel King after a long time. Uh, Joe brings a sense of modern relevance to the commentary, kind of in the same way that you're not as familiar with him, but Nigel McGuinness does in NXT, because the guy was a wrestler up until a few years back. He had some medical issues and had to retire. And so he's being used on NXT, and he does the same thing. He brings a modern relevance to it. He's not... How do I explain this? Like, when you have a guy who's been wrestling forever, who was wrestling 30 years ago, 40 years ago, and he is talking about the stars of today, it's not really a, an apples-to-apples apples comparison. The style is different. The the travel is different. The the locker room is different. So he's not exactly so in he, tune. You know, it's... it's Samoa Joe is part of the current roster. Right. Samoa Joe wrestled as recently as, like, a couple of months ago. So Samoa Joe is 100% has his finger on the pulse of what wrestlers in the WWE today are dealing with, are going through, what they're doing with their matches, what they're doing with their characters, he is zeroed in on that. So I feel like he has a better idea of how to to translate that to an audience. So you're saying that it's, uh, I'm not going to say better, but compliments King's because King has an older frame of reference when he's talking about the matches? Yeah, and I think that helps. I do think that having that older frame of reference helps as well. Um, because I don't think you should ever forget the history of where you come from. Right. But I do feel like King maybe sometimes can't convey exactly what he wants to about some of the stars, or maybe he's conveying something that he thinks is the right way to go, okay. whereas in today's day and age, things are different. You know, the, the way you handle your characters, the way you try to promote yourself, the way you, it's a little different than it used to be. Okay. So I think maybe it helps to have somebody else out there who has literally a, 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 a foot in right. that locker room at the moment. No, that uh, makes and that's sense. just my personal opinion on his commentary. I thought he did a good job. He didn't talk over people. He wasn't. He didn't yell and and get yeah. wild. He he sounded. He sounded intelligent. He sounded informed, and he sounded interested in, in being there, which is key as well. So maybe they should get somebody with a more modern frame of reference to help Vince with some of the storylines, <laughs> the shows. <laughs> You're not kidding. That's, that's, <laughs> I'm not. It's, it's, I laugh, but yeah, I'm not kidding. You laugh. <laughs> um, all right, we'll just shift gears real quick because I, I want to talk about something else that I saw. Kofi Kingston. Kofi, Kofi. Kingston, uh, yeah, finally addressed uh, losing the title to Brock Lesnar, and he was asked about why he never really talked about it. It didn't come up on television because mm-hmm. I mean he really just kind of moved on from it. Right, that's true. Which everybody's pretty angry about him losing like he did. And then all of a sudden, Kofi's just moved. And that's bothered me. I haven't really enjoyed the fact that Kofi didn't 
like it should it should eat at him that he lost the title and that he lost it so quickly. Right. And that should bother me. And he hasn't seemed to be bothered by it at all. So his his explanation was, uh, "quote This is weird too. A lot of people will be on social media like, well, Kofi, you're acting like you don't care, man. Don't for you forget that you were the champion. Uh, well, look, you're asking you're asking my on screen character to be angry like he's my real character. I just feel like it's one of those things where it is what it is." And the reality is, on screen, I'm a good guy who lost in eight seconds as far as making a case for a rematch. What would my character have to say? Give me another shot at Brock. I lost in eight seconds, but I'll get you next time. <laughs> you want my real-life character to take on this anger and be mad with the way uh, that happened on screen? It's this weird conundrum. I appreciate the passion people have, but I'm puzzled over the anger people have towards me because I'm not the one making all those decisions. Um, no, they should not be angry at Kofi. No, that's the thing, and even I've been annoyed with Kofi um, because I feel like he should be acting a little more. But he's right; it's that's the wrong place to put the blame. It is their decision to have him do that. But I also feel like, to a degree, I feel like there's another story to tell there too, which maybe they'll do at some point. And I'm not praying that I'm praying that WWE has some long-term storytelling in them because I do feel like at some point somebody could address the fact that Kofi never reacted. Kofi never. And, like, almost bring out this other side of Kofi being like, do you even care? You know, and, like, I mean, kind of drudge up. Because that's kind of what got Kofi to the dance in the first place was the he's been walked on for too long. Right. And this is his time. And, you know, that's kind of that passion that got him there in the first place. So I feel like maybe there's a way to recapture that with a different telling of the story a second time around. Um, But personally, for me, if, if it's my money... Kofi had his title run, and I'm cool with that. Let the New Day do their thing. If it was if it was me, I'd be focusing on Big E next to get him up and over the hurdle. You think so? I love Big E. I am oh, such a definitely. Big E fan. I've interviewed him multiple times now. Um, so you guys are like buds now. We are like best buddies, <laughs> BFFs, uh, me and Big E. That's, that's, that's us. And um, uh, it, he, he has the talent to absolutely do it. He has the charisma to do it. And they've proven that you can take the good, the the good time, laughing, smiling, dancing character, and get him over that hump. I feel like Big E is the next one to do that. You don't do it the exact same way, but I feel like there's a way. I mean, think about how the crowd reacts whenever whenever Big E is put into a situation where he's facing off. You know, it's one of those multi-man matches, and the ring gets cleared, and it's Big E and name some big character. You know what I mean? It's Big E and one of the large wrestlers. It's Big E and the champion. Or it's Big E and, and whoever's seen as like the top Roman Reigns. Or You know what I mean? Right. The crowd always gets hot for it. Right. Because the crowd buys Big E as a legitimate athletic threat. And he to is. To everybody in the right. ring. So I feel like there is there is a way to do that and make him get over that hump too to the, to the top of the Because I feel like the more top level guys you can create, the better off you are. They don't all have to be there all the time. But once you've gotten them there, they're believable in that role. So you can use, insert people in and, and remove them whenever you need them. Right. So I just feel like Big E would be the next focus for me. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I can see that. I like Big E. I think he's a good wrestler. And I do think he has that potential. But, mm. you know, back to the Kofi thing, that that goes back to timing. I mean, yeah, they could possibly do it in the future. But they missed a good opportunity to to – like start that storyline and strike while it's hot and that's one of the problems they have they ha- get something good going and then they just drop it or go someplace else that's like it. somebody's off their meds and they're they got distracted <laughs> oh no grandpa's grandpa's distracted again <laughs> oh no grandpa thinks it's the 50s it's it's 
<laughs> no, I'm with you. I, I completely agree with you on that front. Um, they did miss the ball on that. But that's another reason why I don't want them to try necessarily right now. Like, people are still angry about Kofi, and I'm like, just let it go. Just let right. it go for the time being. Yeah, I'm annoyed. I wish he'd showed a little more passion after losing the belt. But you know what? There's there's a way to go about this later if they want to. But for the time being, I'm like, just drop it. Because right. it's not going to happen now, and trying to do it now would feel disingenuous. I agreed. So Agreed. I, yeah, I, you I, missed it. <laughs> you, go, you go back to it a year from now or something like that, maybe you can make it work again. Because it goes back to that whole absence makes the heart grow fonder thing. The further away we get from it, the more we may be like, you know, you've... You forget being annoyed, and you just want Kofi to get there again. Right. You know, right, so right. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, uh, speaking of a guy who never really kind of got what he deserved or, or, or not, you know, didn't strike while the iron was hot, WWE announces that a returning star has signed a contract with them, uh, John Morrison, the shaman of sexy. <laughs> I think that's what it was, right? It's been a while. Go ahead. Say that again. The shaman of sexy. <laughs> There you go. That um, was with feeling. <laughs> yes. The shaman of sexy. Okay, now yeah. you're getting creepy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he is returning to WWE, which is really cool. He signed a new multi-year deal with them. Uh, it's funny. Whenever people hear multi-year deal, they get excited. Like, it's like five years or something like that. Like, could be two guys. We know. Yeah. <laughs> he could right. be gone in two years. We don't know. Yeah. Um, he's already, he's, he's nearing 40 at this point. He's like, oh my gosh, he's almost which, in the grave. No, no, no. But I mean, just at a certain point, you look at it and you go, okay, well, how many years is he going to be there? I mean, a multi-year deal. I mean, five years would be the high end. He's not going to be there longer than that. I don't think. It's like AJ. AJ signed his last. He he just he said it. He signed his last wrestling contract with WWE a little while back. He goes, that's the last one I'm ever signing. I'm done. Yeah, that's and, a and shame. I don't blame him. AJ's yeah. in his 40s and right. he has wrestled his ass off for ever at this point. And it is crazy to me that AJ still performs at such a high level right. in his 40s at this point. But you look at a lot of guys who are doing this sort of stuff now in their 30s and 40s and everything, whereas you had guys that were breaking down in their 30s, you know, back at once upon a time. I think uh, medicine has come a long way. I think we do a better job of, of, of forcing, in some cases, these guys to take care of themselves. Right, and their conditioning, I'm sure um, they're... Workouts or oh for sure I think the style has changed without a doubt but it's just crazy to me to think that I mean we've got a guy like AJ Styles who's 42 years old and wrestling it I mean such a high level like I mean possibly the highest level he's ever wrestled you know consistently his performances are amazing phenomenal and and phenomenal (laughs) if you will but then you look at somebody like Stone Cold Steve Austin who was only on top of the WWE for four years right or something like that and retired at 38. Yeah, and I'm. Kinda, and I mean, I get it. He had a freak accident with the neck and everything like that. But he's not the only one. There were a ton of guys that, by the time they got to, there was there was a time when it was like if you were over 35, it was like, ooh, if you haven't right. gotten there by now, you're probably never going to get there because you're on the back half, back end of your career. Right. And I mean, that's still true. You get closer to 40 and 45. You know, you're you're on the back half of your career. But now it's like 40 isn't this magical cutoff. It's it's you get you get. Into these ages, and some of these guys are just a man. John Morrison's another one of these guys. John right. Morrison is in incredible shape for a guy his age, and I say his age like he's so old, <laughs> but just compared to wrestlers but back I, in the day, he's forty years old. I imagine there's somebody with like an AJ Styles type of uh, style, yeah, <laughs> of yeah. wrestling that that would take more of a toll, and that your career would be shorter. You might be right there, yeah. But I think there was also, 
I mean, a lot of those guys back in the 80s and 90s lived hard, too. Real hard. <laughs> so did the fans. <laughs> so, yeah. So I think maybe that had a good portion of, uh, I think that had a lot to do with it as well. Yeah, um, I'm sure. I think that hurt some of them. Uh, and I just don't think everybody was taking as good a care of themselves back I, then. Yeah, I'm sure um, of that. And I think we're also in a day and age now where everybody isn't beholden to the company. When you've reached a certain point, you can work out special deals. Right. I mean, Rey Mysterio doesn't wrestle nearly as frequently as he used to, and he can't. He absolutely no. There's cannot. no way. He, when when he's not injured, it kills me that at this age he's dropped a lot of muscle mass. He's still just as good as he's been. I am shocked he that do. he's still doing what he's doing at his age. And it, it is mind blowing. It sometimes. is. Um, and then you see. Let me look at Kofi. Kofi's older than everybody thinks he is too. Oh. Our truth. I know. I met him like up close, and I was really surprised. I'm like, "Wow, dude's old." <laughs> he, you, Sorry, which, I hope nobody. <laughs> which one are we talking about? Our uh, truth. Our truth. Yeah, nice as can be. He's older than everybody thinks he is. I mean, Kofi yeah. Kingston's 38 years old. John Morrison, who we've been talking about, is um, 40 years old. Our truth, who is still granted not wrestling every night, but he wrestles on the on the live circuit they do and stuff like that, and he does wrestle periodically on the main show. 47 years old. Right. and 47 years old. That's what surprised me. Not that I'm saying that he looks really old, but yeah. if you see him wrestle, and then when you see him in person, you're very surprised that he is older. And an offshoot from that AEW, they have Dustin Run, uh, Dustin Rhodes, Gold Dust, 50 years old. Dude yes. is still going. Yeah. And it, it, just, it just amazes me to see some of these guys at the age they are, and they're still going and it doesn't seem like they're slow and they're washed up and they're, I mean, I mean, really, we look at guys like even The Undertaker. The Undertaker may have been one of the first guys I can think of on a, on a top-tier level right. that really kept performing well into his 40s. Well into his 40s. I mean, Shawn Michaels probably another one. Right. Even Triple H. And the more I say it, I guess, when we got past the Attitude Era, some of those guys managed to find a way to do that. And I think a lot of that was in reducing their schedules um, and finding a way to kind of change their style to fit. But then, again, I'm talking about guys like AJ Styles, who really hasn't changed a lot. He still does flips and, and crazy right. stuff, and he's in his 40s, you know? But you don't know. I mean, maybe it's like football. Maybe Stone Cold had the right idea. Maybe, you know, they ought to take a look at the damage to their body and maybe concussions and stuff like that. Maybe he had the right idea, and, you know, they're damaging themselves by going as long as they do. I don't know. I think that might be another thing, too. The concussions. They take those much more seriously now. As they should. Which back in the day, you could get concussion on top of concussion on top of concussion. Right, and, and get I back think in the ring. that wore you down yeah. after a while, too, without even knowing what it was doing to you. Right. And nowadays, you know, they take it very seriously. They think you have a concussion, you're out. You're out for a while. I right. Mean, Alexa Bliss pretty routinely takes a little time off here and there. Um, That's a smart And move. she's not always injured. I think sometimes it's just to be like, let's let her rest up a little bit. Just, just a little bit. Let her, let her body heal up. And I think we're, we're just getting a little smarter about how we handle this sort of thing. But John Morrison, we have this all started with John Morrison. <laughs> and it's just weird how these discussions kind of bloom out of, you know, these sort of things before. I mean, they all kind of naturally move this way. But I saw a list of uh, potential feuds for John Morrison when he first returns to the WWE. Because they haven't announced when that's going to be yet. My guess is, is Royal Rumble. Oh, when that would they, be cool. They yeah. love to debut people at Royal Rumble. We'll see what happens. It would be neat. Um, crowd would react really well to it. Yes. The first one they have listed is his former tag team partner, The Miz. The only catch there is currently Miz not necessarily playing a bad guy. Yeah, no, he's not at all. Lately he's been kind of, well, lately he's been kind of, I'm not sure. I mean, he and Daniel Bryan have a contentious relationship, so I appreciate the continuity there where he and Daniel Bryan don't get along. 
Mm-hmm. Don't pretend to me like they're best buddies now just because they're both good guys. Right. I like that they still don't like each other. Yeah. You know? Um, that's long-term storytelling that I don't expect in the WWE. Yeah. But mm, I, I, Miz, could Miz could be good, but the catch there being that I think Miz is cooled off a lot. And I think Miz needs Miz needs something to reignite him. And I feel like losing to a returning John Morrison is not that. Yeah, no. Not at, at least all. for my money. No. Um, a guy who, and I'm, <laughs> it's, it's, it'll do nothing for either of them in my opinion, um, but it'll be a guaranteed winning feud for John Morrison, uh, Dolph Ziggler. They'll have an, they'll have good matches. Who came up with this list? <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's on Bleacher Report. Oh, okay. Uh, they get better. The options get better. Trust okay. me. Okay. Um, I, I just, I get the idea. They have history together. It, you could. They feuded over the Intercontinental Championship before. It, you could. But my money is why. Because Dolph doesn't wrestle all the time as it is. Another guy who takes time off. Um, nobody believes Dolph is a real threat anymore yeah. because he's for so long been relegated to the almost there but not quite level. Right. So you it's know? not going to help. If you're trying to bring right. this guy in with a splash, that's not going to do it. I like the next one. Ricochet. Because Ricochet is pretty popular with live crowds, especially. And they like he is a lot of fun to watch wrestling. You're not familiar with this. Um, you can find it online, I think, on YouTube. I think they have some of the videos. Um, Johnny Mundo, which was his name in Lucha Underground, mm-hmm. uh, John Morrison, wrestled Prince Puma, which was Ricochet in Lucha Underground. That was back in, like, 2014. It was one of the earlier big-time feuds they had. Wow. Uh-huh. And they had some really good stuff. I imagine so. It's, it's worth going out of your way to check if you haven't yet. Again, just look it up online. Lucha Underground, Johnny Mundo, Prince Puma. Um, it is really good stuff. And it kind of gave me an idea of what they could do now. And I think they could do a little more. Or I shouldn't say more. It, it would be with a, another, I guess, a fine coat of uh, polish on it. Because mm-hmm. now that it's in the WWE, right. it would get a little more attention, a little more focus, a little more. There's, they got the monster WWE behind you now. Um, right. So if they really want to make that special, they can. Um, that sounds like it would be a good matchup. Yeah. Up next, another one that could really work with Seth Rollins right now, where he's kind of playing this dick role, uh, Dick Schwartz. <laughs> dick Schwartz. Uh, okay, not that that's Andy's my gimmick, but Andy's HR. <laughs> Andy's a bad guy. Um, Seth Rollins. Schwartz, yes. Uh, Seth Rollins, I think, could be a good feud for him coming back. Yeah. If they're dedicated to John Moore. This is the catch. Seth Rollins, while people may boo him right now and be annoyed with him and this, that, and the other thing. Still can wrestle well. Oh, he can absolutely wrestle yeah. well. Um, they have to be dedicated to moving John Morrison up to the top level. Because if he's going to wrestle Seth, there's only one option here. He can't come into the company and lose. Right. He needs to win whatever feud he's coming in with. And if his first big feud is Seth, then they need to be committed to, set to John Morrison as a top-level star. Because if they're not, that's wasting that feud. Yeah, Use I don't it later like that. on when it's not gonna when 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 John Morrison doesn't have to win, you know. If you put it that way, then I don't think Seth is the right. And here's the last one that they suggest, and I I like this choice again. Little history here, but Charlotte Flair. Yes, no, <laughs> um, she kicks ass. Um, Rey Mysterio. They have a history. Uh, they've wrestled each other before. They're in tag teams when uh, Mysterio uh, was tagging with Eddie Guerrero. And John Morrison was in Eminem, the tag team. I like that. Yeah. And uh, they also feuded over, I think, the United States title back in the day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, there's history between the two of them they could address. And Ray is a veteran. He could work with anybody, you know, at this point. 
Um, and they had great matches. I think they still could, without a doubt, especially right now in the shape he's in. I think these two could have some really good matches. Out of all of them, it just depends. If, if, if we're dedicated to John Morrison as a top guy, I want that Seth Rollins feud. Because I could easily see Seth Rollins in the Rumble and he gets eliminated by um, John Morrison. Right. And then they become, then that leads to a feud between the two of them because he costs Seth Rollins his chance to get back to the main event of WrestleMania. I don't know you start with that then because you kind of have Again, to. They have to be dedicated to Morrison getting to that next and level. And they can't do that they, from the get-go. But they could, again, they could if they were dedicated. But I don't know that. I don't he think. He signed a multi-year deal, though. Maybe they will be. I don't know. It Again, could be, multi-year could be two years. It could be. But at least, you know, you're getting a year out of him where he's going to be used for you in that level. I mean, you're going to get at least that. But the thing, I, I think you're right. I don't think they will. I think they're gun-shy on things like that. They, no. they get Unless it's somebody who's already at that level, they don't do that. Yeah. Which is a bummer because that's, for me, that's that's what the Royal Rumble should be to me. I don't want it to always be the predictable Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Randy Orton, you know, the guys we know are going to win because they're already main event stars right. who don't really need to win. There's few exceptions to when I want that to happen. Yeah. Um, that makes sense in, in a way. Uh, like the, the there's just certain times that it, that it works. Like when Stone Cold, we all were fairly certain Stone Cold was going to win the Rumble. It was okay because it was part of his arc and he needed to win that Rumble. Right. Um, Shawn Michaels, same thing. Led him to WrestleMania to take on, you know, to take on Bret Hart, whole nine yards. Big deal. It doesn't, but but again, that was really kind of used to elevate Shawn Michaels. I want the I want the Rumble to be used to elevate a guy who hasn't been there yet. Um, I want it to be Rusev. I want it to be John Morrison. I want it to be Ricochet. I want it to be a guy who hasn't been to that level, and the Rumble is their jumping off point. It's they get to that level. I think the last guy, one of the last guys who did it that I was genuinely surprised by was... Now i got to see if he ever won the Rumble before I prove myself wrong here. <laughs> I might... Uh, oh, God, I don't know if he won. <laughs> but see, this is that Finn Balor discussion we had. I disagree. I don't want somebody who's just recently come in to win that. I want that... I want them to have to pay their dues, and while he may have been in there before... You've got how many guys? You've got a huge roster of people who deserve to get a big win like that. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, and a guy who just comes in, I could agree with that to a degree. But, I mean, Ricochet's been there for a while, for a little while now. He's not just getting there. John Morrison was there for years right. beforehand. I mean, so he's not just getting there. Hell, he even won the Tough Enough show. That dude twice over did that. Tw- uh, yeah. Did, did, did the, what he needed to do. Um, and then he went out and did more work on the independent. I mean, that dude has been one of the busiest dudes in wrestling for a long time now. And so, I mean, I feel like you can take guys like that, and it's not somebody who just came in. Whereas if if John Morrison was debuting, right. this is the first time we'd ever had John Morrison and he wins, that's a little more iffy because then I don't know how to take this guy. But I know John Morrison. He's established to me. The name is familiar. I've seen him wrestle before, so I don't have as much of a beef with it. I'd actually have more more uncertainty with a guy like Ricochet than I would with John Morrison. Uh, I, I think I, I would prefer Ricochet just because really? he's one really? again. I know at this point right now he's yeah. a great wrestler. But the other thing is he has been up in WWE recently. All up in WWE. All up in WWE. <laughs> but um, so <laughs> up in the shorts. But no. So, (laughs) (laughs) 
So, <laughs> Go ahead. So, you know, I think if they're just bringing him back, then he needs to prove himself again. I don't think you just come in. I can I can see that with point. your credits from years I ago. The, I that's true. <sighs> in in 2019, I don't know that I feel that way because in 2019, the world is so capable of seeing your accomplishments again. You know, they can easily look them up. Plus, again, it's not like he hasn't been wrestling. This dude has right. been wrestling all over the place in other companies and on the independent circuit and all sorts of places. And he's been out there in the wrestling eye. So it's not like, again, it's not it, It's not as if people don't see him as having accomplishments. So prior to that, when it was harder to find that stuff or there was less options, right. I would agree because, yeah, it does feel like he's not – there's nothing to back him up doing that. Right. But, again, since it's so easy for people to find him now and see all the things he's been doing over the last several years and everything he did when he was in WWE before, I don't know. To me, it gives him more of a, of a leg to stand on. But, again, I understand both sides of that. Um, so we've covered a lot of things here. Actually, more than I planned on covering. So yay us. Um, <laughs> I got work to do. What are you talking about? I know, I know. <laughs> um, but the last thing I wanted to talk about was uh, we're getting near the end of the year, and I like these lists, you know, the, of mm-hmm. 2019, yes. whatever it was. And uh, towards the end of the year, we have to do our best of awards, which actually, Janice, we'll have to send you a ballot. Oh, so okay. Can, so you can vote uh, a ballet, as well. Yes. yes. Um, we're going to allow all of our guests to vote. In Yay. the year-end awards and, and see who they wanted to win. Um, we are going. It, this list, though, I found is the biggest WTF booking decisions <laughs> by WWE in 2019. How many so, nominees you get for that one? Well, there's five in here, <laughs> and they're all pretty WTF. Mm. Number five was Brock Lesnar squashing Kofi Kingston. Mm-hmm. I, I. Why didn't they just let him have a match? Brock could win, but why didn't you just let him have a match? Are you trying to sway votes now? What are you doing? Well, are they is, voting? This, is, this isn't our list. This okay. is just our list. Okay. This, is, this is somebody else's list. It doesn't matter. Okay. I just don't. I That logic, I never understand that. I do understand sometimes doing that because it creates the vibe of anything can happen. You know, it's like it's almost in, in a world of very popular like MMA. MMA is huge right now. And one of the biggest, most exciting things in MMA is the flash knockout. Um, and I, I can see where that works. It doesn't work in scenarios like this. When squash matches, it's fine. Um, Even some matches on, you know, main television, it's fine for, you know, to to do for a storyline purpose. But I don't... Kofi... With Kofi's storyline ending like that, it was a big, wet fart. Right, you have this huge build-up. His title run. Yes, I agree 100%. And you, you don't do that to... When you have put that much time into building something up, and everybody gets behind it, and then you end it like that. That That's not very smart. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, number four, the persisting Lana Rusev-Lashley love triangle. Uh, you know, if this if I'd seen this this list a few weeks ago, I'd have been all on board with this. Uh, but I, I'm, turning, I'm turning the corner a little bit. Not completely there. I don't love this storyline. But I'm turning the corner a little bit because I'm seeing how the crowds are reacting to Rusev and to Lashley and Lana now. And I'm like, okay, well, this is doing something. Like, it's 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 making people react. And it's not just booing. It's not like we're just groaning and booing and chanting for other people and what the crowds typically do when they're disenfranchised with something. They're, they're reacting to the storyline, you know? And they're hot for Rusev when he shows up. 
maybe it's working better than I think it is. I don't like it necessarily. But what's so funny, though, is people cry forever about, bring back the attitude era. Hey, guess what? That's the attitude era. Yes, that definitely That's happened. That's the crap you want back. You had, what was it, like Deborah and Stone Cold <sighs> and... Oh, so many. So, so many. So it did happen. Yes, it absolutely happened. And they, it worked. But I will tell you, I'm with degree. you. And then sometimes I don't like did. that kind of storyline. No, I don't. I, th- I would watch General Hospital or whatever if I wanted to see that crap. As long as nobody ends up pregnant. I'm fine. I say nobody. There's one woman in this. As long but, as it's not Lashley. <laughs> as long as it's not Lashley, I would be really confused if that happened. Um, those abs. How do you get a baby in there? The, uh, but, Squishy face. <laughs> uh, but again, I don't know. We'll see. I guess we'll see how the payoff is what's going to matter and all that. Um, number no, three, that. the awful main event at Hell in a Cell between Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins under the Horrible red light in the red ring or red cage. Um, first of all, it's it, it, it's maintained. Get rid of that effing red light. I right. hate it. By the way, Seth did an interview on WWE backstage the other day. He didn't know there was going to be a red light. So nobody he's going him. into wrestle and nobody told Nobody told him. He said the red light was on for Bray's entrance and then it just stayed on. He well, was like, which was awful because I'm trying to see what I'm doing and the cage is red. And so... It made it hard for me to judge what I was doing between the ring and the cage when I have to do, like, the dives or make my way around outside the ring. Right. And I don't blame him. Now, that being said, the lighting was not the biggest problem with that match. The terrible ending was the problem with that match. I have such an issue with the way they booked The Fiend and and the Seth Rollins matches, just jumping up from finishing moves. Right. You know, one, maybe. Maybe right. I'll give it to you just because he is supposed to be like a super villain. Right. Um, and he's the only one nowadays that could possibly even do that kind of thing with. Yes. Uh, I, I, <laughs> it, it, it annoyed me because we got to like six, seven, eight, you know, curb stomps, and he's just he's kicking out at one. Right. And that is insane. That is a ridiculous level of protection that no character has or needs. They never even did that for, like, The Undertaker. He would kick exactly. out finishers, mm-hmm. and sometimes he'd kick out at one. But he's not doing it after, like, eight of them. Right. You know? He ate, like, two F5s from Brock Lesnar and kicked out, and everybody was shocked. I mean, because that move had been established as a finishing move. Um, and, and step back and think about it. What would possibly be the reason that you think that's a good idea? Because what is logically supposed to beat him at that point? It right. may, there's nothing. Like you're gonna they, they, I, you, you, I, throw a moon at him like in Avengers or something <laughs> like that. I don't know what else you do. And again, when you're planning this, why do you think? Oh, we'll do this this ten times or however many times. Yeah. Who who thinks that's a good idea? Even in discussion. And then it, on top of all of that, they DQ'd Seth Rollins or stopped the match. I'm sorry, they stopped the match because he used a sledgehammer and it was just too vicious. <sighs> it is hell in a cell. Yeah. Almost any other match you could have booked, I would have maybe forgiven that. Hell in a Cell is supposed to be the most vicious culmination to a feud ever, which, by the way, it wasn't. It was like their first match against each other. <laughs> I hate that, by the way. Um, no, that was that is horrible. It's, that... It was awful. Mm. I was so angry at the end of that. Yeah. Um, look, I got to work early in the morning. 
if you expect me to stay up for these things, you better make it worth my time at the end. Right. <laughs> of all the matches that you're going to just screw up like that, you yeah. you need to make sure that one is you do a good job with. And they put it on last because they knew it was a stinker of a finish. They knew it was a stinker of a finish, so they didn't want to have the whole night be ruined by that finish. But do you know what happens, though? You have such a great time all night watching, and then when you turn the TV off, you're ticked off. Mm-hmm. I think their hope was that you would tune back in to see how the red was going to resolve next time. Oh, no. But, I'm yeah, like, that's no. That's the problem. Yeah, I was Forget it. <laughs> um, number two, we spent a lot of time on that one. Number two was letting Andrade's year, early year push fade. When he came first came up to the main roster, he was getting a lot of wins. He was getting wins over Rey Mysterio. Then he kept feuding with Rey Mysterio. And then he feuded some more with Rey Mysterio. And then Rey Mysterio. And then he just stopped getting pushed. Then he disappeared for a little bit. And then he just kind of was back and forth doing nothing really. And now he sort of seems to be getting steam again. Uh, I don't know if I'd have this at number two, but it was definitely dumb. Because the guy's got a lot of upside. You could probably switch out Andrade's name with a lot of other people that they have screwed up like that. Um, I think Andrade, though, I would take this particular one and move it at least behind the Bray Wyatt-Seth Rollins thing. Because that's a bigger WTF to me. To me, that might have been my number one. No, I get it, because you've got two great wrestlers. It could have been an incredible match, yeah. incredible finish, but no. And number one, hard to argue with this one, is the biggest WTF booking decision of 2019, the summer of Shane McMahon. Oh, God. <laughs> you know how I feel about that. I do know how you feel about that. He... The God, solution... God love him. He he gave it his all every time he was out there. He does. He, he tries really hard. But that doesn't always mean anything. The solution to WWE's woes is not always throw Shane McMahon out there and he'll fix it. it well, it's always it's always a McMahon. Right. Throw a McMahon at it and it'll fix the problem. You know, if you, you know, I, we know what I love by the way. What for NXT for the uh, five man Survivor Series team match, they didn't have a team set up, and apparently there was a lot of push backstage to get Triple H to be the fifth man on the team since he runs NXT and he's Papa, you know, Papa Hunter. Um, and he vehemently fought against it. He was like, Good no, it doesn't make any sense for me. He goes, this is about the n- new crop of wrestlers. It makes no sense for me to go in there and take their spotlight. He goes, be- and he- because not to be a dick. Schwartz? Schwartz, not to be a dick Schwartz. He- <laughs> That's going to become my new thing. Um, not to become a dick Schwartz, but he said the-, the focus would be off of them. And it would be on to him returning to the ring. And you know he's not going to get beat immediately. He's going to be one of the final guys. Right. So it's like he's going to be taking the spot as somebody else who could be in that spot. And he knew that, so he fought against being in that match. But that just stinks to begin with, having somebody who, having good wrestler, great wrestlers who have been, you know, working at this, doing, putting everything out there for the WWE all this time, and then to come out and get beat by Shane McMahon, that would tick me off. It's a I real would be Dick so Schwartz done. move. That's it's an, ex- an exactly, incredibly Dick Schwartz move. That's a definition. That is exactly the kind of booking Dick decision Schwartz Schwartz Dick Schwartz would make. So that's, I think you're right. That's number one. That yeah, should oh, be horrible. number one. And it took up way too much television time, mm-hmm. and he was involved in way too many storylines, and then they almost ruined the Kevin Owens character coming back with that god-awful storyline. Right. Thankfully, Kevin seems to have rebounded from that a little bit. Well, Kevin's strong character. He is. Yeah. So luckily, he seems to be rebounding from that. But just again, it was. Ooh, that was that was bad. No, that was between that and the the Hell in a Cell finish. Those are those are like one and one A. You know what I mean? Yeah, for, that, they get the Schwartz awards yes, for those. The, <laughs> Jack Schwartz awards. 
<laughs> so, on that note, remember, we need your suggestions for uh, Janice's gimmick. Uh, send them to ESPR at FM99.com. Uh, not Dick Schwartz. That's taken. I don't think I'm going to be HR that's, for much longer. So. No, that's not after this. You're going to be sorry about this meeting you're going to have to have with yourself. After I know, this. right? Um, that's it for this week, episode 127. Uh, if you want to, go ahead and follow us. Remember, FM99.com and 106.9, uh, 106.9thefox.com. Uh, and you can find us under the Media tab, ESPR, or on your major podcast, podcasting apps. Search ESPR Wrestling. And, of course, follow us, Facebook.com slash ESPR99 at Twitter. Well, Twitter at. I always get that backwards. ESPR99. Get Facebook, together, dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and email us, ESPR at FM99.com. <laughs> Uh, until next week, the return of Dave Taylor, the triumphant Woo-hoo! return. If he didn't bring me back a didgeridoo or a, a koala, a, a koala, that'd be good, Dave. Yes. If you don't have a koala, you're fired. I want a koala too. Um, two koalas, please. <laughs> Hold the mustard. Remember, uh, until next week, eat, sleep, podcast, and repeat. <laughs>